Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The lights are out. The game is over. But we're just getting started. He got it! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on the Bay Area's sports station. 95.7. The game. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. The Golden State Warriors beat the Sacramento Kings tonight in Sacramento, 119-104. Sometimes you don't have to look into things too, too hard to figure out why certain things went down. And tonight... Talent won the game for the Golden State Warriors. Three-point shooting won the game for the Golden State Warriors. And experience won the game for the Golden State Warriors. It had very little to do with how hard the Warriors played. It certainly didn't have anything to do with how well the Warriors took care of the ball. Uh, Their defense was mostly subpar, but for a few stretches here and there, but nevertheless, when you're playing a team that's 16 and 34 coming into the ball game, you don't have to play your best. The Warriors certainly didn't, and yet they're still good enough tonight to win a game by 15 points in large part because they go 17 for 33 from three-point range and they end up winning this one going away. Kevin Durant led the Warriors with 33 points tonight. He was 12 for 17, and I think most important, he was 6 for 7 from three-point range. He was the one Warrior offensively who did something consistently throughout the game. And Steph Curry was a little bit up, a little bit down tonight. He turned it over quite a bit, but he wasn't certainly the only one. Kevin Durant and Draymond Green with five turnovers each, Steph with six. They were just they were just careless f- for most of the night, start to finish. And the reason they could get away with it is because they shot 55% from the floor. If you look at the shot attempts, that's one of the things that Steve Kerr tries to emphasize with his team, and tonight Sacramento took 15 more shots than the Golden State Warriors. When you take 15 more shots than the other team, you're going to win a lot of those games. Uh, What you don't count on is for the opposition to shoot over 50% from three-point range like the Golden State Warriors did, and that's the difference. I mean, that is flat-out the difference in tonight's ballgame. 888-957-9570 is the number if you want to jump in and start talking Golden State Warriors basketball. They're now 41-11. and They play the Denver Nuggets tomorrow. And in case you haven't heard... Apparently, going to Denver is one of the hardest back-to-backs in the league. Or so everyone seems to think. Anyway, the Warriors will get into Denver a little later tonight, and then they'll be able to sleep in. They'll be able to sleep in till a good 1, 2 in the afternoon if they want. There won't be a shoot-around. 
So I got to believe they're going to get a good 8, 10, 12 hours sleep if they want. They should be raring to go tomorrow, you would figure. Not only that, no David West tonight, no Andre Iguodala tonight, no Sean Livingston tonight. And the hope is all three of those guys will play tomorrow, although it looks like David West will not be playing tomorrow. He will be going to Rasul Butler's funeral, is my understanding. David West, a teammate of Rasul Butler. And if you haven't heard, Rasul Butler, a former NBA player, and his wife passed in a car accident, uh, I believe, two or three day, two days ago. Uh, tragic. 38 years old. Uh, Rasul Butler played for a few teams, was a very uh, solid player, went to LaSalle University in Philadelphia, and... Uh, just unexpected, so I guess that's why David West will not play tomorrow night. Golden State Warriors got down 20-7 to in this one, and one of the reasons they got down was because the Sacramento Kings, like a lot of teams who play the Golden State Warriors, come out, and it's a big game for them. When you're the Golden State Warriors... Most of the time, it's a bigger game for the opponent than it is for you. And that's something the Warriors are used to, but it's not something that they necessarily can deal with night in and night out. It's not easy to get the best punch of another team and just assume you can punch back night after night after night. And I know sometimes we have a tendency to be critical of the Warriors on a game like tonight when they fall behind by 13 early, when they turn the ball over 25 times. But a lot of times during games like these, I I tend to look at the positive, which is that this team is so good, it's so talented, that they probably played what do you think? What would you give them a grade tonight? I'd give them about a C minus. I'd give the Warriors about a C minus. And so if you give them a C minus, but then you think, well, they went on the road and they won, and they won by 15 points, you realize just how good this team really is. Uh, Zaza Pachulia tonight and JaVale McGee, I thought, did a nice job with the center spot. McGee with uh, four points. A couple block shots in just 10 minutes, and he was active when called upon. Zaza Pachulia was finishing a little bit inside. He finished with 8 points and 13 rebounds in 22 minutes. That's the most minutes that Zaza has played since December of this year. So Zaza getting a little bit of a run tonight. 888-957-9570 is the number. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. We come back, we'll take some calls. We will hear from some of the Warrior players in the locker room, and we'll also check in with our very own John Dickinson. He is at the Golden One Center, and he'll be checking in about what happened after the ball game, who said what, and the insights that the players revealed. We'll be right back, everybody. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Matt Steinmetz along with you after the Golden State Warriors beat the Sacramento Kings 119-104. It raises their record to 41-11, and the Warriors now 11-0 and 
after they lose. That means they haven't lost two games in a row all year. How about that? All right, time for the play of the game. Brought to you by American Express, proud partners of the Golden State Warriors. Durant walks it up. Screen by Draymond. Pick and roll. Draymond feeds outside Clay. It's a three. Money in the bank. Cold, hard cash. The Warriors have their largest lead of the night. 117-102. And Dave Yeager wants a timeout. Yeah, Dave Yeager also got a technical foul tonight. He was not happy with the officiating. He felt the Warriors were getting away with a lot more physicality than the Kings were. And he let Benny Adams know about it. And Zach Zarba, to tell you the truth. What was that? The third quarter, I believe. The Kings had made a run. Man, the Warriors got sloppy in that third quarter. Careless passes. I mean, it was everybody. It was Duran. It was Steph. It was Dur- it was uh, Draymond. It was just about everybody. Uh, it's time for the caller segment. But this time, it's going to be the text segment on the PenskeAutoSales.com text line presented by Nations. Giant hamburgers. Keep it real. Make it nation. What is up with the scheduling for this road trip? How can you come off the road? Play two games, or play at Utah one night, wait two games, Sacramento. Well, hey, I mean, this is the way the NBA is sometimes. The Warriors played at Utah on Tuesday. Rather than go right to Sacramento for tonight's game, they came home and uh, then went to Sacramento for the ball game, and now they're on their way to Denver. It's It's just the way it is. And Steve Kerr, after the game, said, you know, guys are dying to get to the All-Star break. He said, we're limping to the finish line to get to the All-Star break, but we got to fight through it. To br- we got to fight through it, and then we need to get away from each other. You know, the reality is that every team right now is feeling like the Golden State Warriors. And it's easy, I think, to say, well, how, how can these guys be tired, all they do is play basketball. I think it's more of a function of the the schedule, the routine that these professional players are on. Uh, I think their bodies get used to certain schedules and routines, and the reality is they've been playing since the start of the season uh, all the way through January into mid-February, and these guys, they look forward mentally to... A break. They look forward to getting away from the game for seven, eight days now. It used to be three or four, but now it's seven or eight. And I don't know that it's physical as much as it is mental, but the Warriors and every NBA team right now looking for uh, a little break. All right, let's take a listen to this is Steph Curry. Let's take a listen to what Steph Curry had to say after this one. We gotta be professionals and try to figure out ways to, to grind. And um, I mean, that may be the case, but it's no excuse for like turnovers and um, disjointedness throughout the game. So uh, every team that's had success has gone through this. You just uh, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel for a little refresher, but at the end of the day, we got work to do to get to that break. So we gotta we gotta find a way. Um, and KD, KD was huge tonight. Pat was huge tonight. 
you know, Draymond and his energy, just vocalness and the timeouts and stuff. Um, just found a way. Do you feel like you guys, you know, can't, you know, can't wait to go on public? We don't talk about it at all, nah. But I mean, it's you got to fight human nature a little bit. Um, and like you said, we know how important that post All Star run is, and, and and coming back strong and refreshed and whatnot. But if we don't. Uh, we don't build the right habits and have the right spirit around our team going into the break and finish out these last however many games, then that could carry over. And you don't want to have that that kind of negative energy around around the team. Is that just knowing that I mean, there's still like two weeks before that break? Like, what do you think are the keys to being able to kind of hold it down? I mean, keeping things sim- simple, knowing how we uh, how we play Warrior basketball. Um, just talking our way through it, encouraging us, you know, each other, uh, having each other's back. It sounds corny and cheesy and cliche, but that stuff really carries over on the court. If you might not have that 10 out of 10 playoff intensity, but if you know everybody's locked in and enjoying, at least enjoying what they do, that'll uh, that'll put you in a better position than just kind of, you know, showing up with no spirit and no no energy. Is this as bad as it's ever been turnover-wise? Or Tonight was, but uh, we. That worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's Steph Curry talking about tonight's ball game, and at the very end, he addressed the turnovers. Golden State with twenty-five turnovers tonight. That's a lot. I'll give Steph Curry some credit, though. He, he does a very nice job of of sounding concerned, even when, let's face it. There's not a lot to be concerned about. Yeah, they turned it over a lot tonight. You know what? They have a tendency to do that every once in a while. They still won the game. You can tell they're itching to get to the All-Star break. But he doesn't want to make it sound like nobody cares or that they're not taking it seriously. But I think the reality is they know exactly where they are. And that's the beauty of the Warriors. This is going to be the fourth straight year in which they're going to play likely deep into the postseason. More probably, they're going to play into June again. So there's a certain art to not pushing the panic button in late January and early February. And I think that a lot of times we get overly concerned about how the Warriors aren't playing well at particular times during the year. But I think the Warriors themselves and Steve Kerr are more interested in when they're not playing well in terms of what time of the year and for how long they're not playing well. And they just went through, as far as I'm concerned, a a stretch of what, maybe six quarters where they didn't play well. They didn't play well at Utah. They didn't play a very good game at Utah. They came out in the first half tonight, and they were very nondescript. They were a little bit sloppy, a little bit careless. And they happened to nip that in the bud in the second half. I think the Sacramento Kings are an opponent that the Warriors can handle if they're at full strength and if they're conscientious, and that's what Golden State became in the second half. They became a little bit more conscientious, and the thing that bailed them out all night tonight, shooting. 
particularly three-point shooting. Now, the one person who didn't score tonight had a real funky game as far as I'm concerned. Patrick McCaw. I don't know if he was good tonight or if he was lousy. I mean, I really don't. He played 28 minutes. He didn't score a point. He only took two shots, three rebounds, three assists, three steals, three turnovers, plus nine in 28 minutes. You know, he he cannot continue to play offensively, though, like he's playing. And what I mean by that is he's playing offense right now like Andre Iguodala. And you can't have two players come off the bench who are reluctant to score or reluctant to take shots or even reluctant to be uh, aggressive. And for all the grief that I sometimes give uh, Nick Young, the one thing I do give him credit for is he knows his strengths and he knows what he's on the court for. And that's the score. And I think Patrick McCaw, now in his second year, is still trying to figure out what his game is. And I'm not sure what his game is. If I were to ask you, what is Patrick McCaw's biggest strength on a basketball court? What would your answer be? Defense? Defense? I'd probably agree with you probably agree with you although he's not a lockdown defender so i think i think mccaw's got to figure out a, a skill or two to excel at and when we talk about mccaw we talk about looney looney also gave him a little something tonight and uh, javel mcgee let's not forget javel mcgee gave him activity and nick young nick young four for six came off the bench tonight scored 12 points in 16 minutes, and that's why he's here. Tonight was a perfect game for Nick Young. You want Nick Young in a game where you're a little bit sluggish, you're a little bit sloppy, and you need a little bit of a boost, and tonight Nick Young was able to give the Warriors that. All right, when we come back, we're going to check in with John Dickinson at the Golden One Center. We're also going to hear from... Some other Warrior players. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Not for a while. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say tomorrow. Two weeks from today. Yeah. Do you think that's part of the problem? Hell yeah. Our guys are dying to get to the All-Star break. We're, we're limping to the finish line at the All-Star break. And uh, so, but we got we got to fight through to the break, and then we need to get the hell away from each other and, and uh, <laughs> go, to the, go sit on a beach and, and relax, and, and then we'll be in great shape. But we got to find a way to get there. Five more games, I think, till the break. Six. We got six. Damn. <laughs> but when how many when, RBIs did Kingman have? Seven, eight, eight. <laughs> Only you older people will know what I'm talking about. You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. That was a coach's interview presented by Walnut Creek Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, where saving is simple. Yeah, that's a reference to Tommy Lasorda in a profanity-laced. Post-game interview after Dave Kingman apparently had eight RBIs after a three-run homer day and not seven. 
Let's go out to the Golden One Center, where we've got John Dickinson now joining us. J.D., our 95.7 The Game reporter. J.D., what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Matt? Yeah, that was pretty much the theme of the entire postgame session with every player. And, of course, Steve Kerr, uh, when, when he met with the media, was, yeah, they won the game, uh, but they're just in a superior grind mode. And, unfortunately for them, uh, it's not going to get any easier. In fact, tomorrow's going to be a lot more difficult than even the game was tonight. After a long flight into Denver, they'll get in late. Uh, as you know, making that trip many times, the, the airport to the hotel in downtown is a good 40, 45-minute ride. I mean, they're going to get in really, really late tonight and then have to play another game uh, against uh, a talented Denver Nuggets team that, that's already beaten the Warriors once. How do the Warriors, how did the Warriors in essence, tonight uh, talk about their effort? Is it... In other words, is there concern about it, or do they? To me, it feels like they kind of know exactly where they are in the schedule, and they they they've got experience almost knowing when it's time to call a problem serious, and now's not quite the time, is what I'm getting at. Well, it, I think it is in a sense, and I think you saw it tonight with Steve Kerr. I mean, Steve Kerr called a couple of timeouts just to try and regroup the team tonight. I mean, they were down, you know, quickly early. It was 10 to 3, and then uh, the Kings ended up with a 10-4 run after the 10 to 3 run. It was 20 to 7. He calls another timeout quickly. He called a timeout when the Kings made a run in the fourth quarter, let a what a 13-point lead or a 14-point Warriors lead get all the way down to 1, uh, just with some careless turnovers. I mean, back-to-back turnovers that allowed uh, Buddy Heald baskets to to let the game get close. So I I think it's a yes and no kind of an answer Matt when you when you look at well is it the right time it, it it's in the grand scheme of things it isn't the right time maybe to be hard on the warriors or, or consider it to be a big deal but i think short term it's not like the all-star break is after tomorrow's game you know they've got another 6 games to go and 5 after the game tomorrow and they come every other day you know they'll get 2 days off after the Denver game but then it's it's Tuesday Thursday Saturday Monday Wednesday all the way to the break those final 5 and yeah four of them are at home before going up to Portland but i think it's almost a catch 22 where where Steve Kirk he was Really on him at times tonight, but he also, uh, after the game, as bad as he thought it was with the turnovers and everything, he almost caught himself in saying, well, we got to figure out how to get through these next two weeks, and it starts tomorrow. Yeah, it does start tomorrow. The Warriors playing at Denver. Denver winning at the buzzer last night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Denver's a team that's given the Warriors... Uh, I don't want to say trouble, but they have beaten them in each of the past four years. Uh, the Warriors, I guess, tomorrow uh, will not be with with David West, but the other two, Livingston and Iguodala, are expected to play or be available. Is that correct? Yeah, Iguodala was actually in the locker room. Uh, they had uh, Chipotle catering everything in the locker room, which is a staple of a lot of locker rooms uh, in Sacramento. Uh, but uh, he, Iguodala was there, so he made the trip. I don't know if it was an Uber pool, but he made the trip this evening to join the team as they'll head uh, out to to the airport here and, and fly to Denver. Livingston is expected back. Yeah, David West is actually uh, going to head for the funeral services of Rasul Butler 
Uh, obviously, the, the, the tragedy and him and his wife killed in a car accident earlier in the week. Uh, West was a teammate uh, with, with Butler, both with the New Orleans and Indiana. Uh, and, and Rasul Butler, David West had, had shared with everybody at practice yesterday, Rasul Butler was actually on the, the Warriors championship float that West was a part of. That, that's how close they were uh, in terms of friends and wanting to have his buddy kind of share that, that, that special moment with them. So he was actually really close uh, with Rasul Butler. So, so West is going to be gone for a few days uh, as he, uh, you know, he pays his respects and, uh, and helps uh, the family and, and friends and just kind of copes uh, with that loss. So, so no West tomorrow uh, and, and maybe for the next couple of days as well. But, yeah, Livingston and Iguodala uh, back in the fray. John Dickinson joining us from Golden One Center. The Warriors beat the Sacramento Kings tonight, 119-104. And the two players I want to ask you about tonight, J.D., and it's because Steve Kerr's talked about them together, and it's Patrick McCaw and Nick Young. And I've always felt if it comes down to one of those two, you got to go with McCaw because he's he's a more well-rounded player, but... You know, there's something to be said for Nick Young, who knows exactly what his role is coming off the bench. He's going to shoot the ball, and that that's what he does. Whereas it looks like Patrick McCall right now is, is really trying to find his game. He looks tentative with the jump shot. He's not really being decisive. And yet... I'm looking at him tonight, and he he didn't really hurt the Warriors, but offensively he just looks a little bit timid. No, he he looks like he completely has lost all confidence at this point, and that's the big difference, as you said, between Nick Young and Pat McCaw. There was one thing about Nick Young that he has going for him, and sometimes even that gets him in trouble. It's the fact that he does not lack confidence to shoot the basketball. He hit his first three tonight, and I think I texted you. I said, well, this is absolutely a game where Nick Young can hit a few and would be, the, would be uh, in, in some fashion, help be the difference in the game. And, and you look at him tonight. He hits four threes at 12 points in what turns out to be a 15-point Warriors win, and they needed every one of them. I mean, the Warriors tonight literally outshot their mistakes. 17 for 33 from three. That outdid the, the 25 turnovers, and, and McCaw just... You're right. I, I think... McCaw and Looney actually, along with JaVale McGee and Nick Young, all deserve credit. But I want to point out McCaw and and Looney early because they were the first subs in the game tonight. And the Warriors were down when they came into the game, and it was 20-7. to And the Warriors immediately went on a 10-0 run with Looney and McCaw in the game. So I, I think when you say he didn't really hurt the Warriors, there were points in the game where you're right. It looked like he didn't even want the ball, didn't want to shoot. But for that first, let's say, four or five minutes that he was on the floor tonight, he actually did help stabilize the Warriors in, in a similar way, I think, uh, to the way Andre Iguodala can at times uh, coming in is just kind of a, a calming influence. The starters did not have it uh, at the beginning of the game. I mean, it looked like Utah part two, and it looked like this game could be in big trouble early for the Warriors if they didn't immediately make that run when they did. Uh, and they wound up leading at the end of the first quarter. But uh, it looked like trouble, and it may have been trouble if it wasn't for McCaw and Looney initially, and then you look at Nick Young adding. And JaVale McGee played well again tonight, uh, and you knew he was going to get minutes with West out, and it was limited action. It was only 10, but he made a positive impact on the game, especially in the first half. 
Yeah, I thought uh, I thought McGee helped too, and I thought uh, Patchouli was a guy who kind of got lost in everything. Uh, played a what twenty two minutes is most since September. He had yeah. thirteen rebounds. Uh, he was finishing around the basket, which I know everybody likes to give him grief about that he's not very good at. But <laughs> but tonight, uh, even when he did miss that one, he followed it up. I, I thought I thought Patchouli. Uh, uh, actually scored some buckets tonight, and I realized they were early, but they, they were buckets that they kind of had to have uh, because they came in the middle of, of, of King's runs. Yeah, they absolutely had to have them. I think Pachulia early, I think Nick Young, I mean, three of his four threes, not to go back to Nick Young, but three of his four threes, I mean, Kevin Durant after the game called them backbreakers. They just came at moments where the game could have really – become problematic, I think, for the Warriors. So he hit some big ones. I agree with you on Pachulia. Pachulia was kind of an unsung hero. And that was the big thing tonight, too, was the rotations were off. Without David West, without Iguodala, without Livingston, I mean, those three guys are usually on the floor at the start of the second and the start of the fourth quarter. Steve Kerr kind of he kind of got on himself and said that he really wasn't happy with the, the combinations he let get on the floor, in particular late in the third quarter when, when Sacramento uh, was able to kind of hang in the game and, and early in the fourth quarter uh, make a push to get within one. He, he said he didn't really do a great job of regrouping and didn't get the right combinations of players on the floor. But I think uh, Pachulia was extended because they had to buy minutes somewhere with West out. How would they do it? Well, Looney was going to play his minutes, and he did. Just played nine. But Pachulia was he was the guy. Pachulia was the guy that actually wound up taking the majority of those minutes, I think, uh, along with McGee, when you start to actually look at, at who got in the game where. And, and Pachulia was a plus player on a night where the Warriors needed him to be. All right, when we come back, J.D., I want to touch on the Kings and where they might be headed, and then the trading deadline, which is coming up on Thursday. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back, Matt Steinmetz and John Dickinson, along with you on Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. And I want to ask J.D. uh, in a second about uh, Draymond Green and De'Aaron Fox. But first, I guess the one thing we should talk about, or you should talk about at this point, J.D., is uh, Kevin Durant kind of hidden in tonight's sloppiness was quite a bit of efficiency from K.D., he was just terrific offensively tonight. and I mean, he was just drilling big-time shots and three-pointers uh, at big moments in the game. And I, you know, I think we look at tonight, and the Warriors have, you know, they've set the bar so high uh, the last couple of years that, that tonight kind of gets thrown in the category of, well, that wasn't a real good win. Well, if you just look at this game from the perspective of, of Kevin Durant, 33 points on 17 shots, 6 for 7 from three-point range. I mean, he was just outstanding. And, and again, the Warriors needed every bit of it. If a couple of those threes rim out in, in a couple of key junctures of the game, I mean, the Warriors might have found themselves down five or six again you know, in the fourth quarter uh, or down before halftime again after they had fought to, to come back and, and take a, a double-digit lead uh, in that second quarter. So I, I think it's, it's a 
you take him for granted, I think, at times, and we all do because you see it on a night-in, night-out basis. But the difference between winning and losing, because teams, you know, Matt, we, we have this conversation a lot on NBA This Week, and I'm sure we'll, we'll have it tomorrow. You know, you go through and you watch a lot of teams around the league, and there's a lot of teams in the league that would have lost tonight to the Kings. A lot of them. I, I, probably 20 <laughs> that would have lost if they had played the game the Warriors right. did. Uh, but the Warriors have the superior talent and, and shooting ability, and, and and tonight it was Durant in particular that set the tone. And I know Clay Thompson was good too. I mean, he was four of eight and eight of twelve overall, twenty. Curry wound up getting it going after a slow start. But it's those three guys. But Durant just being so good and so efficient that if you don't have that, you, you end up losing the game and it looks really bad. And, and, you know, it's much easier to correct mistakes after you get a win like the Warriors got tonight than a lot of teams in the league who would have lost tonight after they lost the game in Utah. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, wait a minute, this team's got some major problems. The Warriors are so good at being able to just calm all that down. Well, the problems still exist, but they take the pressure off themselves to to work through it uh, and the re- and that reason they're able to do that is because they win the game and the reason they win the game is because Durant and Curry and Thompson are, are so good offensively with regularity and, and Durant set that tone tonight so I think it's a key point to, to, to mention. Let me ask you this so uh, I guess uh, Draymond Green and, and Kings rookie uh, De'Aaron Fox uh, I, I saw him jawing a little during the game then uh, take it from there yeah, well, Draymond was asked, you know, what he said to De'Aaron Fox. Draymond had a, a big time block, and then I think he hit Nick Young for a three, uh, but it was a, a big time block. And, and Draymond was asked, uh, and we'll play this audio for you here now. Draymond was asked, you know, what was the exchange like with Fox? And then Green had some high praise for Fox as well. When he says something else, I start yelling again. But he's a good player. He's gonna be really good. Um, yeah, he he got he got some some stuff to him you can't teach. So, I think he's going to be a, a, a great pro. I think they did a great job drafting him. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this growth because he's going to be really good. Which, which when I blocked it? Yeah. Uh, I said, get that shit down. <laughs> and then when he can't start talking, you say the same thing? I said the same thing again. <laughs> no, he's that's who he is. He attacks. You know, he, he puts pressure on the defense, and he did that all night. You know, um, so... No, it doesn't surprise me at all. He doesn't come off as a guy who fears anything, and that's his game. You know, he gets to the hole, you attack, and you attack in transition. So, no, it didn't surprise me one bit. Huh. All right. Well, good. Draymond Green's got some respect for De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, he, he really did. And, and Fox is a guy that, that has been, I think for the most part, a disappointment uh, in his rookie year. Uh, but the last couple of weeks, he's really turned it on and, and played a lot better. I don't, I don't think he was great tonight but I think you saw flashes of what he can possibly be uh if he's going to you know if if but you got to play fast with him you got to let him go you almost have to unleash him you know and and really play at a a high tempo and I think at times 
you look at at the Kings team and they're kind of caught between styles. They've got players that you almost have to play slow with. They've got a young rookie in Fox that you want to play fast with. But he's come around. He's hitting the three ball at a higher rate. Uh, lately, he had a, a six for six game. He had a career high in scoring. He had the big game winning dunk. He's a, a tremendous athlete. So I think a lot of the athleticism and the speed was on display. And, and, and Draymond Green took notice of it and took notice of the fact that uh, the kid Fox he he had uh, had a little moxie to him. He wasn't afraid to to go at it uh, against uh, one of the guys that that likes to go at it with everybody, especially when he blocks a shot. Uh, and that was Draymond Green, or, or makes a big play. So I, I thought that was a, an interesting piece of sound. It was, it was Draymond saying, "Yeah, this is what I said to him," and he backed down. And I wasn't surprised that he backed down because you know he's he's that kind of player, and he's got a bright future in the league. John Dickinson joining me here on Warriors Wrap Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. JD, the trade deadline is rapidly approaching. Uh, it's going to be on Thursday which is less than a week away. Uh, do you anticipate the Warriors doing anything? And he, I, I, clearly, if they do something, it's not, likely to do any, it's not likely to be anything big. But if, they could, if you could theoretically drop a player onto their roster, not necessarily a specific <laughs> name, but more uh, a, a trait or a, a type of player, what, what do you think... Bob Myers might be looking at if he thinks he can get something without giving up too much. Well, the the one guy I was actually going to give you a name, and it, and it's oh, a okay. silly name. It's it's a it's a name that you should just laugh at and be like, well, that's not going to happen. So don't even think about it. But uh, the, it'd be Lou Williams. Lou, Lou Williams would be the guy. It would be just a guy that's kind of instant offense. You can put out there with the second unit, and, and he can just kind of fill it up. Although I wonder how you know he would even fit when you look at the way that, that Kerr uses that, that start of the second quarter, start of the fourth quarter uh, rotation. I mean, he'd almost be a player that the Warriors wouldn't have enough minutes for in a lot of ways. But just a, a guy that kind of fills it up. Although, you know, the one thing I'll say, Tonight's game almost, and I know it's one game, so you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. But and what do you think about this? I mean, tonight's game almost it, it almost tells you why the Warriors probably won't do anything at the deadline because Nick Young gave them just enough tonight, and Javale showed that he could be a positive player, and Looney continues to be solid. I mean, if there's any guy that that you know maybe they would look to move, it might be McCaw. Uh, I don't know that they could get much for for Nick Young, but it, but even McCaw, it's you know there's just so much potential there. I know he's a guy that they've they've got to pay, but it just I don't know. It just I, I was kind of left tonight thinking, you know what? A couple of the guys that you think whose roles may need to change or they may need to replace actually were positive contributors tonight. Uh, so maybe the Warriors don't change it up as much as we think. Yeah, Lou Williams is somebody who is going to be a free agent at the end of the year, so if he were to become available and the Warriors would be interested, it'd it'd be somebody that they would probably not be looking at long-term. I mean, he would be a tough guy to re-sign, i got to believe. Yeah, no, I mean, he's a guy that they wouldn't be able to. I mean, he's already making the $7 million, and the Warriors would have to They'd have to figure out some kind of a deal. I don't have all the salaries in in front of me, but you know maybe he's a he's a he's like a Nick Young and a and a Pat McCaw. You yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, you know, no, that's not a know, bad kind, call. Kind of a thing where Nick Young goes away and and then Pat McCaw's a young player that maybe the Clippers can take a look at. 
and, and try and you know resign and, and and develop if he's somebody that that's on their radar. You know, if Jerry West liked Pat McCall, maybe Jerry West has some has some interest, right? Uh, you know, with, with his influence on the on the Clippers. But no, I, I say Lou Williams. You know. You, half in jest. I mean, I don't think the Warriors are going to get Lou Williams, but I think it, it's that type of guy that can maybe handle the ball a little bit, but also score it uh, and just kind of be instant offense. But the, the Warriors are so they're so regimented. You know, it's funny. You saw tonight a couple of guys get out of rotation, and the Warriors just quickly get out of sync when when every guy really isn't into that specific role that they they plan out. So. Uh, I think I wonder just how bad they would think they or how much they would think they would need to improve versus, you know, <laughs> when you try to figure out if you're going to make a move, uh, make a make a trade as opposed to, you know, the risk reward of, you know, stay stand and pat and, and not messing with the chemistry of this thing, uh, which has got them a championship uh, in the last two of the last three years. Yeah, it's something that maybe you and I will get into more tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock on the, on the NBA this week, uh, where you and I will be together talking NBA. J.D., thank you so much for joining us. Uh, get home safely, and I will see you tomorrow morning. All right, sounds good. I got my helicopter waiting. Nice. Uh, right, right on top of the Golden One Center. I, I should be home in about 15, 20 minutes. All right, and then I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. Thank you very much, J.D. That is going to do it for Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Remember, tomorrow, 9 a.m., the NBA this week on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.